Welcome to Lifehouse Church Online. To know more about our senior pastors, head to the Lifehouse website. We hope you enjoy the service. Tap someone around you and say, I'm ready for the word. I'm ready for the word. I'm ready for the word. Thank you so much. Can you give it up to the keyboard players? You just have to keep playing that keyboard over and over and over and over again. You know, when I first started ministry, I, I had a little iPad. Now it's like, now, now I feel like I'm carrying a TV around. It's just maybe just the sign of the, uh, of the ages. Amen. Okay, let's, let's have a look at Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Verses 14 to 21, an interesting story. Jesus has just been up the mountain and, uh, you know, having a great experience up there. And then he comes back down the mountain. You know, you know, whenever you have an experience with God up the mountain, it's important you come back down the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Don't stay up the mountain. Mountain times are important, but we've got to come back down the mountain. What does that mean? You know, when you're having your very important prayer times, when you're at retreat, when you go to a conference, it's great that you're having your mountain moment, but you've got to remember that you can't stay on the mountain. You've got to come back down the valley and actually help real people. Amen. You've got to come back down the mountain. So Jesus comes back down the mountain with the boys and it says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy On my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. What a tragic thing to be happening to your child. So I brought him to your disciples. Well done, young man. Parents, keep bringing your your, your children to Jesus. Keep bringing them to Jesus. So he's bringing them to Jesus. It says, but but, but this is sad because it says, but they could not cure him. The disciples could not cure the son. Then Jesus answered and said, and we see a little bit of frustration coming out of Jesus. He says, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. When the disciples came to Jesus privately... So then, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, great question they're about to ask. Why could we not cast it out? You know, I find that sometimes as Christians, when we don't see the supernatural happening, we just go, it's not my gift. We just go, oh, well, that's just the will of God. Oh, well, that's just, oh, well, that's just. These guys didn't tolerate it. They said, why couldn't we do it? What a great attitude to have. Why can't, when I pray for someone, why doesn't, why don't people get healed? When, I, when, when I'm preaching, why don't people get saved? It's a great question to ask. Don't just tolerate a lack of purposeness and, and, and a lack of success. In ministry, don't, don't tolerate it. Don't just go, oh, well, this is just, maybe I'm just not good looking enough. Maybe, no, no. Why can we not cast it out? They asked a great question. So Jesus now begins to answer the question. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Amen. Amen. This is Jesus speaking. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And today I'm here to speak to you guys about fasting. 
because we are about to go into a season of fasting. And I would love to see everybody in this place fasting. Fasting as a church together, but fasting for your individual needs. I know some of you need real miracles right now. And we serve a God who would look you square in the eye and say, nothing is impossible for God. Are you hearing this? Nothing. We have just categorized some areas of our life, some miracles in our lives with our relationships, with our family, with your own personal health. And we have honestly said, well, I just think it's beyond the realm of God. And God would look you square in the eye today and say, nothing is impossible for God. Come on, someone. Nothing is impossible for him. And how do we know that to be true? Because what you're struggling with, he's already done it for someone else. He's already done it somewhere else and for someone else. Why could we not cast it out? Why did they ask that question? Because in Mark chapter 6, verses 12 to 13, look at, look at what it says. It says, so they, they being the disciples, went out and preached that people should repent. Watch this. And they cast out many demons and anointed, uh, and anointed with oil many who were sick and they healed them. What? They were confused about this situation because, Jesus, we've already been there, done that. We've already cast out demons out of people. By the way, if you're new here today and that freaks you out, great. (laughs) Because someone needs to talk to you about the whole spiritual realm. Someone needs to help you understand, don't just believe what you see. Someone needs to expose to you that, friend, there is going to be a day when we are not on the earth anymore, but yet you will continue to live. Why? Because you're a spirit. There is a thing called the spiritual realm, friends. And it may freak you out, but every one of us have encountered it somewhere, somehow. We've all encountered the supernatural, friends. Whether it's you sensing someone's in the room when they're not, whether you've woken up full of fear, whether you just feel sad but you don't know why. We've all experienced this. And the disciples are saying, we've been there, we've done it, we've cast out the demonic. Why is this a problem now? Especially because in Luke chapter 9, verse 1, and this is the truth, friends, you need to hear this today. It says, then he, Jesus, called his 12 disciples together. And watch this. He gave them power and authority over, over all demons. Jesus gave the disciples power over all demons. Does that include this one where the boy was throwing himself into a fire. Absolutely it does. And to cure diseases. So the disciples were completely rattled. But Jesus, we've done this before. And didn't you pray a prayer that we receive all power over all demons? Why can we not cast this out? Great question to ask. Great question for you to ask. Because as far as I'm concerned... When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive all of heaven. And and here's a great question for some of you right now. Why is that problem still in your life? Why can you not cast out that anger that seems to trouble you? Why can't we cast out those negative thoughts that we just can't seem to get rid of? Why can't we be the husband that we want to be in a marriage? Why can't we? It's a great question to ask. It means you're hungry, you want to learn. Because according to the word of God, when God gives you his Holy Spirit, he doesn't give him to you in measure. In other words, you have all of the Holy Spirit that Mother Mary had. Are you getting that? You know, some of us, we go, I I just need more of the Holy Spirit. Um, What do you think God gave you? Just his right arm? (laughs) But when you get the Holy Spirit, you get 
all of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You've got all of the Holy Spirit. So why aren't we able to cast things out? Why, why can't we get some things out of our life? Why can't we get gossip out of our life? It's a great question to ask since we are in the same position as the disciples. And yet Jesus here, he actually answers it. He says, guys, it's not a, it's not a power problem. It's a belief problem. He actually says, guys, it's because of your unbelief. It's because of your unbelief. But that's not true because I've got faith. I've, I've got faith. And for some of us, it's, it's like this. You've either got faith or you don't. Do you know that's not true? I've either got faith or you don't have faith. No, that's not true. You know you can have faith, you can have belief and also have just a little bit of unbelief sitting on top. How do we know that to be true? Because in Mark chapter 9, verse 24, we're going to put it up on the screen because we're going to read it out together. This is the boy's father. The boy's father in Mark chapter 9, verse 24. Have we got it, guys? Mark chapter 9, verse 24. It says immediately. So Jesus has just said, it's because of your unbelief, bro. It's because of your unbelief. And look at what the father says. He says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. I do believe. I do believe. But he says, but can you help my unbelief? See, for a lot of us, we believe that God can heal our marriages. Amen? It's like, it's like this in, inward thing. I believe it. But yet, if you were honest, there's also a little bit of unbelief. But can he? Will he? I'm not sure. Is it too late? Is it too late? Will she ever change? Will he ever change? But you, you, you believe it. But you believe God can heal. I believe God is a healer. He healed the sick. He's raised death. I believe God. But, 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 but will he heal? But, but, and it's just, there's, there's belief, but there's just this tiny little bit of unbelief. And guys, what are we going to do this year? Jesus said, hey, listen. See, I've always believed that when Jesus was speaking when he says this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting, you know when he says this kind? I've always believed that what he's talking about is a demon. I've always believed he's saying this kind of demon only comes out through prayer. But the more I'm reading it, the more I'm thinking, I don't think, it's a, I don't think that's what he's talking about. This kind. I think he's talking about this kind of faith. What type of faith? Faith that has unbelief sitting on it. Faith that has unbelief. Faith in the presence of unbelief can disqualify the faith. It doesn't mean you don't believe. See, we're so black and white. I've either got faith or I don't. No, 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 I believe we do, but sometimes unbelief just walks into the room and says, oh, so you're believing that God's going to do whatever it is that you're believing for, but what about that friend over there? They haven't seen their breakthrough yet. And that little bit of unbelief just creeps in. And you know what I'm believing for in this fast? That we will starve unbelief. That we will starve them. And, and, and amen. Yeah, come on, get excited. Why? Why? How can I link fasting to unbelief? Because Jesus did. Jesus said, it's because of your unbelief, guys. It's because of your unbelief that you're not seeing miracles happen. It's because of your unbelief. And then what does he say is the cure? This only comes out through prayer and through fasting. Fasting. And you know what? This is what we're going to do this year. Friends, fasting is not simply about us just starving ourselves and just hoping God does something. No, 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 no. That's not what fasting is about. Fasting is, God, I am so determined to get this body under control because I want to sharpen my faith. 
I, I've already got faith. But this horrible thing called unbelief has crept in and I've got to starve that thing and I've got to get him out. And if I can get, out, if I can get unbelief out, all I'm left with is the faith that I already had in Jesus' name. The faith that I already had. So come on, here's a great question for all of us. What, faith, what unbelief has crept in in different areas of your life? I know, friends, it's crept in in different areas of my life. Especially during this season where you feel a bit hopeless and things are out of control. Come on, those of you that are online as well. What, what areas of things that you were believing for has unbelief just, just walked into the room? Yeah. I know sometimes when I'm praying for people, I believe with all my heart God can heal all the time. Do you know, as I'm praying, this thought comes, do you know the last two people you've prayed for, they haven't seen the victory yet, and there it is. There's unbelief just... He, 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 I'm going to call him a he because he's always a problem. <laughs> Girls, you, you're amazing, right? But he, he just... And, and, and he, he, unbelief, just walks in and goes... <coughs> Yeah, you reckon? Yeah? Yeah? You think it's going to happen? What about the last one? And you know, as I'm praying, there's this war. Come on, anyone want to? There's this war. You're praying about an area of your life and you're like, Lord, I believe it. And there's this like, (laughs) you reckon? I don't think so. You haven't seen it happen in that person's life. You haven't seen it happen. And and, and then we start to, and it's like, we've still got faith. Come on, we're not unbelievers. But we're listening a little bit more to what unbelief has to say rather than to what Jesus said, that nothing is impossible for those who believe. Come on, someone, get excited. We're fasting against unbelief. Friends, this is so powerful. Do you know James speaks about it? James chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. James chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. Come on, I want you to see these scriptures so that it can build up your faith. So that we can starve unbelief. This is what he says. He says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. There it is, right there. There's faith with no doubting. He says, for he who doubts is like a wave on the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Watch this. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and he's unstable in all of his ways. See, we think you're either one or the other. No, the the Bible is saying you can be double-minded. You can be double. What does that mean? I believe God can do everything, but mm, I'm not sure. I believe God can heal my marriage, but I'm not sure. I believe I can be fully healed, yeah, but I'm not sure. You can be double-minded in so many areas. I think I'm going to be successful, but why should I be so successful? I think I can build a great building, but why would I be? Friends, it happens all the time. So what's fasting all about? Fasting is killing this guy. If we can just kill off unbelief, we're left with this beautiful faith where we can go out throughout this year and have this red hot faith that is actually achieving things and getting things done in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a huge round of applause. A contrary thought brings with it unbelief. How did the disciples, how did the disciples, how did the disciples end up in a place where they couldn't cast out a demon, having done it so many times over there. How did it happen? How did unbelief walk into the room? Well, the Bible tells us this guy was rolling around, frothing at the mouth, throwing himself into a fire and trying to throw himself into water. They were seeing something that they must have had the thought, ooh, this is a biggie. That's all. That's all it takes. Ooh, this is a biggie. I've got to be honest, I do, I do some marriage counselling sometimes. And, and sometimes I walk into the room and I go, what's going on? And they go, oh man, I've got the faith for that one. 
Oh, yeah, man. Take the book. Take the book. Right? Chapter 17, chapter 10. Whatever it is. Boom. Fixed. Easy. Done. Next couple. Boom. But yeah, but what's, what's he doing? You're crazy. It's always the guy. Remember that. Right? But, 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 not true. But, but, and then sometimes a couple walk in the room. And I go, what happened? Who said what did what? what? And unbelief walks in the room and goes, <laughs> good luck with this one. <laughs> go. Go. Fix that one. And I've got to be honest, sometimes I'm sitting there thinking, I've, got, I've seen God heal so many marriages before. And then sometimes I go, how's he going to do this one? Yeah. Are you hearing me? Hey, listen, let's just talk as a church for a moment. You know what? We planted this church from a lounge room. From a lounge room. 17 people just hoping that God could do something through us. And look at what God's doing, not just here, but in Poznan and, and around the world, to be honest. But you know what? Sometimes I'm thinking about the next location and what it costs to simply buy a building now and to be able to send a couple and all those things. And, and I've got to be honest, sometimes unbelief goes, look, I know you've done it before, but <laughs> good luck doing it again. And I'm telling you, I've got to fight that. That's, that's what I've got to fight. What do, what do you need to fight? What do you need to fight that? You've done it before, but the enemy, just the unbelief just walks in the room and goes, yeah, I know, but you know what? You're getting older now. And I'm not sure you're not as good looking now. You can't, you can't just do it on your looks anymore. You're actually going to be an intelligent person now. Come on. That's what this fast is all about. This, we've got to starve unbelief. We need to starve it. And, it actually, and, and, and there is a plan here. See, the disciples saw something that was so horrific they weren't sure whether God could do it. Because what did Jesus say? He didn't say, guys, look, the truth is you're just not powerful enough. He didn't say that. He didn't say, guys, I just didn't quite give you enough power for this. He didn't say that. He said, it's your unbelief. That's the problem. So they just didn't believe they had the power over this thing. Are you, are you hearing me today? Can we please, as a church, move away from, I need more? More of what? I need that next, that next conference and I'll be so anointed. You're anointed now. If I just have more of the Holy Spirit, you've got as much as you need. If I have more of God, you've got all of God. Do you know what we need? We don't need more of God. I know that sounds so blasphemous. You don't. You've got him. You, we need less of you. That's what we need. We need less of you, less of your mindsets, less of your past, less of your dad's thinking, less of your mum's thinking. We need less of you. We need less media. We need less people's opinions. We need less fear. We need less cares. We need less worry. We need less of you and more of him will just naturally rise to the surface because cream always rises to the top in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's, let's stop putting this thing backwards. Jesus didn't say, guys, the reason that you can't, you just need more of God. You need more of God. You need, to, you need, to, you need more anointing. He didn't say that. He said, you need, you need less unbelief. So how do we get rid of this? Well, apparently to Jesus, Jesus says, and this thing, this kind of thing, takes prayer and fasting. So if you were thinking, yeah, I might skip this fast this year. Because it starts on the 14th of February, and I've got to take my wife out for a big dinner. Good excuse. Stop using that excuse. All right? Because you know what your marriage probably needs or your relationship needs? It needs more of God. Yeah? It needs, it needs some prayer and fasting. You've gone on so many dinner dates. Hasn't really helped a whole lot, let's be honest. Right? It hasn't really helped. You, you know what? You probably need a bit of prayer and fasting. Now, if some of you have already made the arrangements and you've already made... You know what? We're going to give you a hall pass, all right? Start on Tuesday. 
All right? Is it Tuesday? Yeah. yeah, right? Start on Tuesday, but go one day further, all right? It's not a real hall pass. It's just a delayed hall pass. Okay? But yeah, if you need to have your Valentine's, great. But I'm telling you right now, one of the best things you could do is put God first. Amen. I know, I know you're trying to put your partner first. That's wonderful. That, oh, I've got to put my partner first. Yeah, that's great. How about putting God first? The person who created your partner and made your partner. Amen. Oh, gee, Pastor Richard, you've really put the fast on an inconvenient time. Can you please tell me when it is? Can, if we delay it any further, it's Easter. Oh, we've got to do Easter Thursday dinner. And Easter Sunday. Okay, well, let's move it beyond that. Oh, well, don't you know that it's, you know, it's the long weekend. How dare you put it on the long weekend? We've got to eat cutlets down at the thing. There's nowhere. I had one person say, it's my birthday. How dare you put the fast on my birthday? And I'm like, there's only 365 days, guys. And if it goes for two weeks, it's probably going to cover a certain portion of the population. It's never convenient to fast. Never. Never. Oh, but I've got to, you've got to what? You've got to see God. That's what you've got to do. Amen. Come on, someone. Let's, let's build our faith by starving. By starving. Some of you are like, really? This fasting? Yeah. You know, Helen and I, we do a fair bit of travel, as most of you do. As most of you do. We're so blessed in this country. Have you ever, have you ever seen a big... Um, Airbus A380 or something, massive aeroplane, so powerful, four jet engines. That thing weighs 500 tons. 500, that's 500 small cars. And yet somehow it gets up into the sky and it flies. And you're sitting in it, by the way. And that thing's all flying. It's just flying. So powerful, it goes down that runway, you hear the engines, the whole thing's rattling, it goes up into the sky, and please, Lord, don't let it fall out of the sky. But yet, did you know that whole thing, that whole thing, that whole aeroplane can be easily hindered? I've got a picture here. Some of you have seen this. <laughs> that stops an aeroplane. That that big stops a 500-ton Airbus A380 flying in the sky. Do you know they can turn the engines on, and that plane will go, and it'll rock, and it'll, and it won't go anywhere until they pull those little things out. And you're like, yeah, really? Absolutely. Otherwise, why would they even have them if they did nothing? Are you hearing me? Those things have the ability to stop the plane flying. Four engines full of faith. Just a little bit of unbelief, you're going nowhere. Are you hearing me today? What's fasting going to do? We're going to pull the chocks out. Amen. We're going to pull the blocks out. Let's pull the blocks out. I need to fast this year. I've got, listen, man, I've got so much unbelief going on. I'm going to be straight up with you. I've got so much unbelief going on in different areas. Lord, do you have more for us as a church? Lord, where are the, I need more leaders, God. Are you still building leaders, God? Lord, where are the people that want to be campus pastors? God, I want to, Lord, we need resources so we can buy buildings around the world so that churches can, I want to reach every, but you know, and then this voice just comes. Yeah, but it's not like it used to be. And that's all it takes. It's not like it used to be. I've got, to fart. I've got to get that voice out of my head. I've got to get into God's word. And I've got to, listen, I've got to take control of my body. Because you know when you take control of your body and what goes into your mouth, you're taking control of your mind. Absolutely. Because you know what? It's, it, oh, fasting's not that powerful. Try it. See how you go. See how in control of your body you are. 
And we're trying to take control of our lives, but we can't even can take control of what we put into our mouth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, listen, I'm not talking about water only. That's what I tend to do most of the time. I'm just talking about staying away from all the pleasurable foods and just eating the foods that are good for your body. That's probably a good start. And some of you are like, does food really matter? Does it really matter in the scheme of things? What do you think got us into the mess that we're in called sin? Someone couldn't, couldn't help themselves but put something in their mouth that they weren't supposed to eat. Amen? Like, does fasting, does food really matter? Talk to Adam and Eve about that. Yeah? You can eat of every tree. Just don't eat from that one tree. You can eat all year round. Just don't eat for a few days in the middle of Feb. It's so discouraging as pastors. The whole church is fasting. And then some people put up on Facebook, cook this awesome meal today and there's sweets and chocolate and... We're fasting, bro. At least do what you're going to do in secret, man. Be ashamed a little bit. Have some shame. Do it in, se- do it in privacy. Don't put it up on Facebook that you're blatantly not caring about what we're trying to all do. Our- Listen, no guilt, but I'm watching you. <laughs> all right. Does it really matter? Hey, listen, there's a story in the Old Testament where Moses was up on a mountain and Joshua and the army were down in the valley. Do you remember the story? All right. And the Bible says that when Moses would lift up his hands, what would happen? Does anyone remember what would happen? They would win the battle down in the valley. Wait for this. A physical action had a spiritual consequence. How does that work? And you know, the Bible doesn't even take the time to say, and the reason why Moses lifting his hands created the victory. This is the, the Bible doesn't even tell us. It just says, raising hands, victory. Something in the physical created a spiritual victory. You know what? Sometimes we look for all the answers. I don't know all the answers. All I know is there are many circumstances where something physical created something powerful spiritually. Amen. And I'm not here to just make sense of how fasting works. But if Jesus said to do it, then we are going to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm just trying to help anyone. Anyone in this place. Now, can I just help some people out? Can I just get a little bit scientific on you? Just a little bit. Oh, that sounds so wonderful what he's saying, but I I can't fast. And some of you can't. Honestly, some of you should go talk to a doctor because you've got some things going on. But that's that's, that's 0.3% of the room. The rest of you, I can't fast because I get tired and stuff. (laughs) It's easy for you to say, Pastor Rich, because you're not human and stuff. Can I just help you out with just, just physically? Because, you know, there used to be a time when I would preach about fasting knowing that it could hinder your metabolism, that it could break down your proteins and your muscles. And I used to feel a little bit bad that there was going to be such a huge cost to your body to do something that worked for God. But it never made sense to me. Why would God, who loves us, call us to do something that damages our body? So for many years, I thought it actually damaged our body. But I still preached it. But I just thought, oh, God, even me, I thought, oh, God, I just got my metabolism going. Now I'm going to ruin it again. And, and, and lately, science, some of you may have written. Come, come. This is July 30, 2018. I challenge you to do your research on what fasting actually does. Listen, forget the spiritual side. Even, even physically, it has been proven to actually help you. Live longer, lower blood uh, pressure. Help your cholesterol. 
reduce heart attacks. Like even on a physical level, even if you don't get anything spiritually out of it, God's just trying to keep you alive a little bit longer on the earth. Eight, look it up for yourself. There's another one. What's, what, what's this one say? Benefits of fasting. A miracle healer. Do you know for some people, you've got something going on. God, please heal my blood pressure. And God would just say, just fast. No, God, you need to do it spiritually. And I want to keep eating everything I want to eat. All that junk. But God, can you please heal me? No, I won't. No, fast. Eat properly. Eat some fruit and some... What's turned into a, 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 a nutrition seminar now. Okay? <laughs> Guys, eat well. Stop eating junk and then saying, God, but why is my body playing up, God? Are you serious? Put sand into your car and see how it goes. Go, 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 go put diesel into a petrol car and go, God, but why, God? Why? Why would you do this to me? Everyone else's car works well. Stop putting diesel into your car when it takes petrol. I'm messing with you now. I was doing all the spiritual stuff. You were loving all that because there's no accountability. Now I'm actually telling you to eat well. And now you're like, mate, you have to go messing with me. Eh? Yeah, stop it. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah what else is there? There's, there's another one. And by the way, this is like there's a, yeah, 15 superhuman benefits of fasting. Go check it out. Go check it out. Because you know something Helen and I have learned? Do you know whenever we fast, do you know we get clarity on stuff? Yeah, we stop putting food into our body. All of a sudden, I start thinking clearly. And I can make great decisions. You know, you can pray all day about great decisions or maybe fast a couple of days. Yeah, take control. It's always it's, it's a good habit to have when you can take control of your life, friends. Okay, I'm going to make a great statement. Your life is not out of control. You don't have to be out of control, friends. We choose that it is out of, out of control most of the time. I'm talking about the stuff that we do, not the stuff that happens to you. The stuff that we choose to do. Are you with me? Okay. So listen, it's not going to hurt you physically. It's actually going to create some great benefits for you physically. But spiritually, we are going to starve unbelief in Jesus' name. Amen. So come on. I want you to start thinking right now. What is it that I've got unbelief's presence in the room? Do you remember when Jesus wanted to heal Tabitha, the young girl that had died? And do you remember he was with his disciples, Peter, James, and John? And the Bible says that there were also the family, three family members or four family members in the room. Do you remember what Jesus had to do before he could raise Tabitha from the dead? He actually kindly asked unbelief to leave the room. How offensive. What do you mean? I'm the, I'm the parent. Yeah, yeah, I know. But what, you're going to let those guys, Peter, James, and John stay, but you're kicking me out. Yeah, you need to get out of the room because I can't have your unbelief in the room. Some of us need to say the same thing to some of the thoughts you've got going on in your head. You've got to get unbelief. You've got to ask unbelief to get out of the room. Come on, there are some young ladies here right now and you're wondering, am I ever going to find the right person? Are there any good men in the world anymore? Anywhere? Anyone? As long as he's alive now. Forget the tall, dark, handsome. As long as he's got a heartbeat, I'm happy. And unbelief is in the room. He's in the, oh, no, you're never going to find the right person. No, all the good guys are taken. You know, and, and unbelief is in the room. No, come on, ask unbelief to leave the room. Do you know what good preaching does? Good preaching from week to week gets unbelief out of the room. In different areas of your life, it gets unbelief out of the room. So friends, do you want to get unbelief out of the room? Read God's word. But read it with purpose. And as you're fasting, hey, listen, just, just, just another tip on fasting. For those of you online. Friends, don't, don't eat well, you know, 
shy away from foods that are pleasurable. You're going to just do what's necessary. And then just watch 18 series on Netflix. That's not helping your cause either. No, no, fasting, fasting, it's not just about the food. You're fasting, you're saying no, get out of my life. Get out, I want to sharpen. I'm going to get the arrow tip and I'm going to put it on that stone and I'm going to sharpen my faith. How? Get rid of anything that dulls your blade. Why, why would you watch new uh, you know, uh, episodes of, of anything that puts horror into your spirit? And then you're wondering why you're always scared. Why would you watch the news that tells you that the whole economy is crashing around you, but yet you're trying to start a business in God? But you're literally saying, unbelief, come. And God's saying, no, get it out. Get into the word where it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You are created to be the head and not the tail. God is on your side. God is for you. He's not against you. We need God's word to to tell unbelief, get out of the room. Get out of the room. Come on, we need unbelief out of the room. Out of the room, out of your relationship. Unbelief's got to go out, out of your healing process. Come on, I've got a mental, I've got depression and I'm always going to be like this. Yeah, then you know the person beside you probably had it at some stage too, but they've overcome it. Maybe through science, maybe through eating habits, maybe through exercise, who knows how they did it. Maybe it was just literally a miracle of God. Who knows? But you've bought into the lie, this is how I'm going to be forever. And God says, who told you that? Unbelief. Get him out of the room. Amen. Can we get him out of the room? Yeah, let's do it. I want unbelief out of the room. What what, what do I have to do? Let's fast. Oh, I don't know. No, come on. Can we do this? Whatever it is that you need to fast. Some people say, oh, can I just fast social media? No, you should be doing that anyway. Anyway. So what does it mean? Well, there's a, a fast called the Daniel fast where he just ate fruit and vegetables. Fruit and veg. You're going to look better, feel better, and you're going to attract the eyes of heaven as unbelief leaves the room. Come on, can we do this? Hi, I'm Richard Kabaki and pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you. that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.